0: In this episode of the business of e-commerce I talk with Meg Clark about how to optimize your site for search engine bots and spiders. This is the business of e-commerce episode 71. (music) This episode of the business of e-commerce is sponsored by drip drip is the world's first e-commerce CRM and it's a CRM. I personally use here in the business of e-commerce. Now, if you're ever in an e-commerce store, you need to give Drip a try. And here's why they have both one click integrations with Shopify and Magento. So it's super easy to get started and integrate with once you're there, they have all the segmentation, email personalization, and revenue dashboards that you need to give you an overview of how your emails are doing, how your campaigns are performing. But what really sets Drip aside is their visual workflow builder. It allows you to drag and drop different rules and build these workflows on how you want your emails to perform decisions. It's super powerful and it lets you get started quickly and build basic rules at first. And then over time you can get more and more complex. So it's something not other automation tools allow you to jump in there fast and then also get more complexity over time with all that power underneath the hood. So if you want to see why other e-commerce store owners are getting from drip from other AFPs like MailChimp, Drip is offering an exclusive deal for our business of e-commerce listeners. They normally have a 15 day trial, but if you sign up with the following URL, they're actually gonna give a 60 day trial. So definitely check that out. Just go to drip.com BOE. That's drip.com BOE. And you can check them out. Now onto the show. Welcome to the business of e-commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start launch and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host Charles Plesky. And I'm here today with Meg Clark. Meg is the founder of clapping dog media, where she is a master at growing organic traffic at clapping dog. She teaches entrepreneurs how they can harness the power of Google to get more traffic and grow their business. I asked Meg on the show today to chat about what you can do to optimize your site for search engine bots and spiders and make it more crawlable. So, Hey Meg, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, it's great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Great to have you on the show. So, A little bit about clapping dog, you guys work with, um, is it mainly e-commerce or entrepreneurs in general or what kind of is the, um, the exact target there?
1: You know, my split um, between e-commerce and service based businesses is about 60, 40 with, um, 40% being e-commerce and my target audience, or the people that I, I really love to work with are, you know, kind of hustlers, creative entrepreneurs who are really spinning up their side hustle. I like to help them harness the power of Google so they can get more traffic and they could spend less time you know, um, chasing likes and follows on social media and asking friends for referrals.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things. I feel like uh, SEO, once you kind of build that up, it's just like a snowball effect versus some of the stuff it you hear. It totally
1: heard. is a snowball. Yeah. Tra- traffic begets traffic. And Google has a lot of traffic. So yeah. I, try to, I try to help my my clients get it from Google.
0: So do you kind of get started with recommendations on like to get the site actually in Google crawled kind of the very mm-hmm. basics, like where, where can folks kind of get started on that?
1: It's a good question. You know, I, I kind of like to start a little bit before that I normally come into to clients when they're working through the design and the development. A lot of times people are like ready to you know make changes in their business, get more clients, and they start with you know maybe a design update or a development update and that's kind of where I like to come in to make sure that it's designed with SEO in mind that it's not simply designed to to look amazing or to put the products or the services you know most beautifully on the site, but I want to make sure that it, it is designed with SEO in mind so once once we design it well then then I like, then I spend a lot of time with, with uh, the Google search console and I make sure that the robots file is there and the um, site map is there and the site map is optimized. So, you know, that's like step number one. And then, you know, you just take a good look at the site and how, how it's being perceived and how Which I try to look at a site from the way Google looks at the site to make sure that, um, people are being found for what they want to be known for.
0: Okay. So it sounds like you work to a lot of folks right at the very beginning stages, right? Where they're really just kind of spinning, just getting started, th- that type of thing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like just when they're getting started or my kind of sweet spot is people who have been in business for, for a little bit of time, they figured out who they are. They figured out their, their core brand message and they want to grow. So Either the referrals are, are slowing down or they just want to expand and become bigger. And that's really where I like to, to work with them so that they can get more, they can harness more of the traffic from, from Google. And if they've been in business for a while, you know, ideally, um, they will have a lot of content for us to work with whether it's products or blog posts or videos, they have something for us to optimize and point in the right direction, so to speak.
0: Would you kind of say, so let's say you've been in business for a little bit, but traffic's a little more, uh, anemic than you would like that sort of thing. Organic traffic. Would you usually say, start with kind of the on-page like optimizing products, or is this something you'd say, let's start looking at getting some links, getting some backlinks, that sort of thing. Like where would you first, Get started if traffic just wasn't great from the beginning. Where would you first kind of get started, or is there a way to know? Hey, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we should work on on site versus let's work on some off site backlink that sort of thing.
1: You know, I really, um, I, I'm I'm firmly in the on site, um, in the on site camp for that. Like even just, gosh, the the middle of March there was a big core update, and Google came right out and said. This is a quality update, and if you want to outsmart this or if you want to improve your standing since this update, write quality content consistently. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be written. It doesn't have to be blog posts, but you do need to continually produce valuable, high-end content for for your users. So I'm going to always go, if you're not getting a lot of – if your traffic is anemic, produce better, better quality content serve your customers, your readers better and be super beneficial for them. And you know, if you provide value, traffic will come.
0: So two parts that you said, quality content and consistent. So, first kind of question on both of those. Um when you say consistent, how how important is that? Right? Like let's say you're producing some evergreen content on you know, something it's right. Cause most small entrepreneurs, aren't going to have the bandwidth, right. To produce anything that's news, like actual news type of stuff where it's happening in real time. So I think most, you know, folks starting off focus on evergreen. Right. Um, but how important is it to be consistent at that and be pumping them out at some regular interval?
1: Well, I, I it's, it is important because the consistency is, it, is really kind of business dependent. So I'm not going to say you have to write three times a week. You know, I have a couple of online magazines and they wrote, they write four times a week and that does really great for them, but they're an online magazine. If you are a small e-commerce or service-based business, you know, I, I recommend once a week and making sure that it's, it's high quality. And when I, when I mean high quality, one of the acronyms that Google constantly uses is something called EAT, E-A-T. And that stands for expertise, authority, and trust. And that's, um, kind of a, you know, kind of a soft way to measure the quality of your content. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to keep going, but I don't know if I answered your question.
0: No. Well, you start going to my second question, which is, how do you know high quality content? Right? Because I feel like you go back a few years ago when everyone had these kind of like list based posts, the top 10, this X ways to do that. That was like, that was it. The really short little posts. Yep. Yeah little clickbaity. And there was some stuff in there. But it was always that like, and it was short. Now I kind of feel like in the past, like year or so, you start to see this super long form where it's almost like a small book, some of these posts, right. And that's something you look at that. And you're like, "I, I can't do one of those a week. It's literally like writing a small book, or at least a chapter of a book on a per week basis. So how do you where do you kind of balance it and what is quality now in you know 2019 because is it still that long form or is there something else
1: yeah well i vote for long form and you know i rec- my what i recommend to my clients is anywhere between a thousand and two thousand words because consistently those are the ones that are ranking higher on the search engine results page or the SERP. so i recommend between a thousand and two thousand and what you how to measure content equality is the way i like to look at it is the way google says they look at it and they go back to kind of those basic metrics like time spent on page and the number of pages per session so when i talk about quality content i often recommend you know inserting videos into your into your blog post because that's going to keep people there on your site longer and if you do create interesting high value content and that makes users read the whole thing. And if it's a 1,000 to 2,000 words, that's gonna be a couple of minutes. And those are really clear signals to Google that the content is good because people are reading it and they're spending time on your site. The same way as pages per session. If you have a lot of really good internal links and related pages, then people are going to spend more time on your site. They're going to click through and they're going to read multiple pages. And if that happens again and again with various users, users go, Google is going to assume that you're an expert in what you're talking about because you've written a lot of pages about it and people are actually reading it. So that's how I measure quality of content is some of these old school metrics that have been around forever, like dwell time and pages per session.
0: I like that actually, I like the, 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 uh, tip there about the video, right? Cause I feel like once you go over, I've kind of heard the rule of thumb, thousand, 2000 words, that sort of thing. Cause once you go over a certain amount, like once you actually start going to, we wrote a small book, people just aren't reading that much quite on Like, yeah. Like, so it's, oh, if you go from 2000 words to 20,000, they're not reading all 20,000. They're basically reading the first 2000 and then, so it doesn't gain you anything. So I guess that's kind of the purpose there, right. Of saying, there's there's it doesn't hurt you to go over but there's no value in going over it cuz it's not increasing the time. But I like the idea of adding something like video or is there anything else like that to keep people on the page longer?
1: Well, it it kind of depends on what what market you're in. So I love video, I love audio as well, especially like explanatory videos, like showing people kind of behind the scenes of how you do, you know, XYZ. If you are more in the artistic um you know, designy photography, jewelry design space, you know, lots of galleries that have information about it. I don't want it just to be a big um, page of of images, just have have interesting tidbits about it so that people who really are interested in your work, they're going to sit there and read and click through and be really engaged in your content. You know, um, Dwell time and pages per session and watching videos—it's all really about engagement. You, we want to turn our traffic into, you know, raving fans and being helpful and writing good content and providing value. Kind of just makes people want to be engaged.
0: I like that. Yeah, and then also that internal linking, right? So that's kind of the ah. the step two. So you're gonna keep them on that page for a while, but there's a limit, right? Like you can only stay on a certain web page for so long, and then you kind of have to go to the next one, so then the tip that's there right. is get them to go to the next one on your go forward, not backwards. Right?
1: That's exactly that's exactly right. And when you can keep people on your site, keep, keep keep them clicking around, they're going to get to know you and your brand. They're going to like you more. And from Google's perspective, you know the web is is a web, and it's connected. The way the web is connected is is via links, via pages, and so Google is going to be able to look at that from you know a thousand foot view and see that people are clicking on these specific links and they're going to be able to, Google will have a better understanding of who you are as a brand and what your message is based on your linking. So if you have all of these pages around gut health, I don't know, I just made that up, but if you have lots of pages that people are linking to about gut health, then they're going to put you, you know, in their memory over here, their cache memory of, okay, this site is about gut health. So that they and it's popular, so they're going to be able to pull you out of their memory very easily.
0: Yeah, and the longer people kind of click through those pages, they start developing. Oh, this is a person that kind of is knowledgeable about that. But then I'm guessing also just signals to Google, they're nine, you know, nine, ten pages deep in the site. There's clearly something there of value, right? So it's not just they're going, looking at the top four ways of doing this and then bouncing, and heading back. This they're getting That's to the funny. bottom and saying what's next, and then you're giving the what's next.
1: You're giving them the what's next. So that's how, you know, that's why, that's how Google establishes your quality of content when we go back to the eat. And that's why Google says again and again, every time they do one of these quality core updates is write quality content and you're going to be, you're going to benefit from this update. And that's why I always say in the on site camp versus the technical camp, there is certainly a space for technical there, There is a space, don't hear me the wrong way, for technical SEO, making sure that things are wired properly, that you're getting good backlinks, backlinks are gold. However, you're not going to get a lot of quality backlinks if you have poor quality. So I always am in camp on-site optimization because it really affects everything and you, you can't fake it. You can't hire somebody just to optimize the site and they can't optimize bad quality you know, it, it all kind of goes back to quality.
0: Yeah. I remember going back. Um, this is 10 plus years ago sites I've owned and you could pay people to kind of spin up content and the content was really not something humans would actually read. But at the time it actually like worked, which was bizarre. You could just, you, you would just pay per article. And That's exactly con- right. yeah, the content of the article was essentially irrelevant, but people would just go, just send people to the site. They were just out wandering through the site that way. And, it worked and it worked for years. Um,
1: it worked for years. So did those long list of links. Um, remember those on blogs where it's like, I'm friends with all of these 900 people.
0: Yep. So not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. What do you do (laughs) to get people to kind of move to the next article? I've seen a few people that do this well, any kind of tips on, you know, what in that first page, what to offer them to move to the next and the next and the next and how to kind of get folks into that rabbit hole.
1: Right. Well, you know, it goes back to content marketing and, you know, you have a really, a couple of episodes prior to this, you have a really great episode on how to produce quality content marketing, but it goes back to that. I recommend, um, the way I work, the way I write and the way I recommend my clients write is to write like in a series for lack of a better word, but have, um, like, let's go back to the, let's go back to the gut health example, because I'm reading a lot of those articles these days, but what I recommend to get people to go from one page to the next is to write really in-depth articles about one aspect of their topic. So they can, they can have one big kind of series introduction page that hits on a lot of points, but then you, from that main page or that main landing page for gut health, you have a really in-depth article about foods that you should eat, you know, your diet, your exercise, your sleep, how your adrenals play into it so that you have multiple pages, multiple helpful blog posts all about one topic. You can use them to interlink amongst each other and they're all related. So if you're really interested in, you know, a healthy diet for gut health, you're yeah. also going to be interested in healthy sleep. So you're going to go ahead and click on that. So I don't, there's not a, um, there's not any like secret to getting people to click from one page to the next. It's just how you divide up your content and how does it make sense for a user to digest digest. See what I did there? Um, So that's what I recommend is, you know, to have a big, like landing page, a big, you know, mega page that introduces all the various aspects of your content and then write really good articles for each one of those and going back to consistency if you write one a week and you have you know a three or four part series you know you you can or a five-part series you only need a you know a handful of these a year to produce really high quality content and Google's going to then associate you with these big topics and you're going to grow in SEO authority. You're going to grow, you're going to increase your keywords that you're known for. You're going to increase your organic traffic. And then you're going to increase your, you know, your page, spend on your, your time spent on page, which is great for advertising. And then it's going to turn over and get more clients.
0: Yeah. The best I've seen is it's almost this concept now of creating like guides, right? And yeah. each guide is almost its own mini book. At this point, it's become, you know, they went kind of this long form where it was like, like a mega page. But then I think kind of people have found, okay, people don't read the 10,000 word article like this, like you said, there's some cutoff point, but you can make each chapter essentially in the book, thousand, 2000 words. And you're essentially just creating a, a guide, which is a small book essentially. And each one of these posts is a chapter in that book and they interlink to one another, like you said, right? So even if you happen to be searching on a particular topic, a particular aspect of that guide, you might land on any one of the chapters, but that can take you into the introduction, which then you come back mm-hmm. into a second chapter and kind of start actually digging through the guide that way, right?
1: That's exactly right. And it, while you're doing that, you're giving all of these signals to Google that you are an expert, you have authority, you can be trusted. And so you, you get to hit all of the good signals for Google, but also your clients, the people who are reading you, your users are really engaged and they like you. So, you know, part of it is like, pleasing Google. But then the other part of it is getting, is being helpful to your users and, and getting clients. So you win at both.
0: Yeah. And I've seen actually, um, what was his name? Uh, Julian Shapiro, writes these long guides on these like very in-depth subjects And each one. It's essentially like you're getting like a free book at that point, just gives them away for free. Um, just been a follower of some of his work and some of them are growth and SEO and different things but they are extremely in depth to the point of they're not like a, a blog post just for a gener- They're not like, it doesn't feel like he's trying to generate content. It feels like he's trying to write a book and just happens to publish it on a blog. And it's this different level. Cause then I'm seeing, you could also, I mean, aside from Google, then these same assets, you can probably leverage for your marketing, I'm guessing right on start, generating a Facebook ad and you could actually drive traffic right to some of these guides Right.
1: Absolutely, because and cure and and produce these curated guides because they're I mean it's so noisy. The internet that doesn't even need to be said about how many blog posts get published a day. But if you can curate high quality content and kind of sell it as a book, sell it as a download and have and have people opt in, that is I mean, that's that's gold. That's the beginning of your funnel. So you can sell ads for it, you can package it as you know, maybe you give the first three three away, but then they have to sign up to get the last two. I mean, that is the beginning of really solid marketing and funneling to get people to do what you want them to do.
0: Yeah, and if you have that many chapters, that much kind of in-depth um, information, you can even build an email series, that sort of thing. So you can really like repurpose <laughs> this content is very repurposable, right? Of it's, it's not totally just totally
1: repurposable.
0: Yeah,
1: and, videos, do uh, podcasts. You know, it's. And I, you know, I, what I love is, you know, I think we need to spend a lot of time creating really excellent content, but you need to spend more time actually marketing it and publishing it and telling people to go and read it. So you create really high quality content. Then you figure out, you know, do you want to put it in a book? Do you want to put it in videos? Do you want to do an email series? But you create the content and then you manipulate it and you curate it in different ways to reach different people. And that's, you know, you should be spending more time on that than actually writing
0: any kind of tips once you actually do that on how to get more eyes on the content, is this something you can leverage Google? Like how to actually get like you hear of all these folks that generate this content and then say, no one came or this site just ranks so low. That they just can't get any eyeballs. It's just not getting that much traffic or not as much as they should. What do you mm-hmm. kind of recommend if that's the case that they did build the content, but um, you know, they built it and they didn't come like, what would you do hey. next at that point?
1: Well, then you, then it's a matter of an audience and you really dig in and you figure out how people are, there are people coming to your site. How are they getting there? Where are they coming from? What keywords are they searching for to get there? And then you kind of go and get more of them. Um, If you are spending all of your time on Twitter, but then you realize that the majority of your clients are coming from Facebook, then we kind of need to rejuggle the strategy a little bit to make sure we go where your people are. And then, um... Oftentimes, if that happens, we haven't clearly identified their audience or where their audience is hanging out. Because if you're writing really great content and you're giving and you you understand your audience, it normally goes really seamlessly. So, if your example of you write really great content and nobody's coming, then I think we need to look better at identifying your audience and where they're hanging out on the internet.
0: Gotcha. Is there anything? Because I feel like if you're running e-commerce, site getting backlinks <laughs> isn't the I know you don't talk too much about backlinks, but I feel like that's a consistent issue in e-commerce, right? Where there's a lot of these sites. A lot of folks have similar products is other than the, is the guide kind of that way to stand out or like, how do you want to stand out? Right? Because you need to do something right. And just saying, Hey, we sell products. No, one's going to link to you. It's just not, you know, Oh, let's just link to this, you know, guy selling whatever it happens to be a girl selling Mm -hmm. whatever it is. So how do you actually attract folks and say like, this is, linkable, worthy content?
1: Right. Well, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that. And I have um, a couple of e-commerce sites in mind right now that we, we write the guides. We say, this is the best way how to use my guide. And we make videos about it and Instagram stories about it. And it all points back to the website. It all points back to the website, but we create a lot of different marketing for it. And then we do a lot of um kind of micro influencers so we reach out to people who have maybe 5 to 10000 followers on Instagram and we we ask them to promote it and we give them an affiliate you know and it's affiliate marketing for for the product but they but our, our micro influencers are talking about our guide. Like, hey, this is the best way to use this cleanser. Look at this, my oil cleanser, it's great. And I love this product. And hey, I learned all about it by reading this guide. So go back and read the guide. But one of the best ways that I, the, one of the best and the fastest and the most authentic way is to get people to, to link back to you and to talk to you is, is through affiliate marketing.
0: Really okay. So when you say affiliates, is it mm. just coming from the social channels? Like, does that provide any kind of signals to Google, or do they have to do it directly from their own site? Like, how do you actually? How do the affiliates signal signal to Google this is quality content, and how does that work?
1: Great. That's a great question, and it's kind of a it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, I we do in my in my world with the clients that I typically have, we spend a lot of time on Instagram. So Instagram stories, Instagram, Instagram advertising really works great for the people that I tend to work with. And what I like is to have them, let's say we get the super great influencer. I like to have them create content, video, Instagram stories, blog posts, and then link back from their site to my client's site. And that's how we achieve the backlinks. And that's how we achieve the signals. And so we get the backlink. Say, say so you say that one oh, more time, but
0: slowly, I want to make sure we kind of get exactly what that just was. So you, so you do what was sure. the exact, so move I down? have
1: my influencer, yep. right? Um, create content, all kinds of content and Inst, um, Instagram stories videos and blog content. So we have influencer who then links to my client and that's how they get the backlink.
0: Okay, so from Instagram they're linking directly to your client's whatever sort of content And
1: or their blog post. Like I I have the influencer create all kinds of content that covers all different markets. I do have them create blog posts about the product.
0: Okay, so some influencers actually have their and, own you know, they have they their either own get, blog. That's what it might be YouTube, it might be Instagram, but they also might have their own blog or wherever else right, from website. their site. Got it. Okay.
1: And then they link from their 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 stuff to my clients. And so they're getting that backlink from the influencer. And they're also getting traffic, like traffic is a big signal. So if you have a micro influencer who has, you know, five to 10,000 people that you're not that you don't have in your audience, they're different people Then those 5 to 10,000 people are all going to this website. They're getting traffic. They're in they're they're liking your content. They're spending time on your site. They're buying your product. They're spending, they're clicking around. Then that traffic is going to beget traffic because Google's going to all of those signals are going to go to Google that hey, this is a great great site that people are enjoying. So they're going to they're going to benefit Google will will benefit you or you know boost you in the SERP. So um, I like affiliate marketing because it's a quick way to tap into an audience that you don't have. You can either give them a commission of the sales or you can give them products. Um, but I, I like to stick with kind of the small fry influencers who have between five and 10,000 people because they're really excited. They're, 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 they're not these Kardashians of the world that have you know several hundred thousand or even millions of followers that ask for a lot of money. I like to stick with the five to 10,000 and then have hundreds of those.
0: Okay. I see. So I didn't realize that just the signals of folks on the site kind of give Google an indication, Hey, there's just traffic coming here. It's not a, it's not like a, a a link, but it's more just on site signals that has that big of effect. Um, That's very interesting to hear. So even just the social traffic coming from an Instagram can help to boost, right?
1: Yeah, cuz Google looks at the whole web and if your brand is growing in multiple places, if your brand is growing on Instagram, then and you're getting people from Instagram to your site, then they're going to say this brand is uh, is good and it's growing and it's producing quality content. So, I think it looks, you know, that the the connection between social media and SEO is kind of an indirect relationship, but if your brand is growing across the web, And once you get people on your site, then it's back to SEO. People spending time on your site, clicking around, dwell time, all of those things. You know, I use SEO. I use SEO to get people to the site and then the site wows them with the quality content.
0: Got it. Okay. And I like the idea of the micro influencers, right? Because you could probably offer, you know, it's not this huge upfront payment of you need this much cash. Like, you mentioned free product or uh, like, um, some sort of affiliate, affiliate
1: commission. commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, that, of, what you have know, you found most effective? Um, affiliate commissions, um, so that they're they, they are kind of bought in. And so, you know, it's kind of standard to offer 15 to 25% of your total sales, kind of depending depending on what your product is. Um, you know, right now I'm thinking of a, of a natural skincare line that I work really closely with, and they have a huge affiliate network, and they offer 15% of the commissions of their products.
0: And are you, so you're reaching out to these affiliates directly, giving an offer, let's say, you know, on a high side, 25%. How do you actually right. technically, how do you track that? Like, how do you even know this affiliates under some traffic, like how you generate these links and how you, how are you tracking back from the link down to the purchase and then generate, cause right. Cause theoretically you'd be working with tens or hundreds or even thousands of these folks. So how are do you right. doing this from even an accounting and a management point of view, it's totally off okay. subject, but I'm interested. Totally in fine. Yeah,
1: it, get, it, it can get hairy and it kind of depends on how you're, you're set up. So like a lot of people, like this one that I'm thinking about in general, she has an, she has affiliate software, it's, it's Sam cart and they, you know, every influencer gets their own link. And so let's pretend we're doing an Instagram story and yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy my, like buy this beautiful mug. It's so perfect. There's a link in my, in the profile on Instagram, or if you want to read more about it, I have put it in my blog post. So go there, and then the link to purchase this really beautiful cup is a um, is a is a unique link just for that affiliate. So then we can track that coming in using SamCart. Of like, oh, this affiliate sold had you know fifteen thousand impressions, and they sold three hundred products. So that's one way you do it is that you having this affiliate commission. If you really if you're just starting out. You can use referrals in Google Analytics um, and set up specific goals and referrals, and you can track things. It's a little bit more complicated than using an affiliate software, but lots of people who sell courses do this as well, and they use things like Kajabi or in, um, Teachable. You can, ha- you can set up affiliate links for, um, for those as well. So there's lots of different options in terms of tracking your affiliates. And I really just recommend setting one up and sticking with it. And then, um, and then you, and then it's pretty easy to track.
0: And software. So something like with something like Sam Carter teachable would that link all the way back to the actual post-purchase of understanding here, they clicked on this link and then the actual value of their cart was X. Like, does it do the whole way through? And then you just a report at the end of the month and write some checks is, is that kind of how it works or
1: that's it. And like, um, and even you can set it to send out checks automatically, but yes, you, and you can have, um, it is very micro. It's very, um, micro, like you can, you can get really detailed as to where the user came from, what page they clicked on, who referred them, and then what their sale process was.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's
1: really helpful. I I mean it's really helpful for us when we think about advertising as well. It's like, okay, the, you know we can see, you know what influencer is making the biggest impact on specific products. And it's really interesting to, to it's re, it, it's really it's really interesting to see which influencer promotes which product and which product then sales sells. And then we actually have one influencer who she has picked like product A to really talk about. But actually, people come, they click on product A, but then they end up buying product B. So that's really helpful for us when we think about advertising. Of like, oh, maybe we should, you know, even though product A our influencer really likes, but product B is getting more buys. So we should put that in. You know, we do that for A/B testing within our advertising. So you can get a whole lot of data, and you can get really detailed about what works, what wording works, what products are working, and all the while they're cooking around your site. They're buying products from you. They're spending time on your site and all of those signals that we talked about at the beginning of this show are working because we have quality content.
0: Got it. Yeah. And I feel like one leverages the next and it starts building. Like you said, that snowball of more people come and then those affiliates are getting a better commission, right? So then they're more likely to promote your site. So the more quality you kind of have on the site, that helps you actually provide larger checks to the affiliates, which they promote you more, and then that kind of right. the snowball goes back and forth. Right?
1: It's all a snowball, and it all goes back to having good quant, good quality stuff. Whatever it is, whatever you're selling, it just needs to be beneficial and good.
0: Awesome. All right, I think it's a great place to leave it. If folks want to find more about you, kind of reach out, where's the best place to do that?
1: Um, you can follow me. My website is clappingdogmedia.com. And I spend a lot of time on Instagram. So, at Instagram, I'm Clapping Dog Media as well.
0: Awesome! I'll link to that in show notes. It was uh, great having you on today, and uh, thanks for all that.
1: Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. We'll talk to you soon.